You are Locked On Jets, your daily podcast on the New York Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Jets podcast. It is a big day. It is Thursday, April 26, 2018. I am John B. from gangrenenation.com. And it is finally here. It is draft day. Tonight is the first round of the 2018 NFL draft. There are no guarantees in the draft. It's unpredictable no matter who you pick, and that's especially true at the quarterback position. But there is a chance, and again, who knows what's going to happen, but there is a chance that today is the last day you will wake up for 15 years where the Jets do not have a franchise quarterback on the team if they hit it right. And I think we all know they're taking a quarterback tonight. It would be one of the true upsets of recent NFL history if the Jets do not take a quarterback after their trade up a few weeks ago. They own the third selection tonight. And I think anybody who's ever been to one of these NFL drafts in person, I covered it. I had a press credential years ago. It was the year the Jets drafted Muhammad Wilkerson, so that was 2011. It was at Radio City Music Hall back then in New York. And Anybody who's been to one of these things, I think, would probably tell you, at least this is my perspective, there's really not a big difference seeing it in person versus watching it on TV. I don't think you really get a whole lot in person that's not there on TV. It's not the same experience as going to a game where, you know, you get to tailgate, where there's a, there's a real atmosphere there. I think for the most part, that's not true when you attend the draft in person. And... You know, the other thing that I, I always kind of chuckle when people say, well, I can't do anything. I can't go out with my girlfriend or my wife. Or they complain when they actually have to go out on draft night. And I always say, well, what difference does it make? I mean, it's not again, it's not like you're missing a game, not like you're missing a catch in person. You can't follow it on your phone. I mean, pretty much all you're missing is some graphic. You pretty much get the same, uh, the same impact watching it on your phone when you're out that you, than you do in person. But I think tonight's a little different. Tonight's a little different because... So much about the future of this franchise is up in the air. So much is at stake. This will define the Jets for at least, you know, the next three to five years. If And that's if they get it wrong. If they get it right, it'll define this franchise for the next 10, 12, 15 years. And today I'm going to give you my final thoughts on the top four quarterbacks in this year's class because I think we all know that one of these four players is going to be a New York Jet by the time tonight ends. Now, before we get into this, I'm going to give you a little warning label. Even the very best personnel evaluators get things horrifically wrong at times. So I know I'm smart enough to know that I may be wrong. So don't take offense if I say something that you totally disagree with. That's just my opinion. It's just what I see. This year has been a unique year because all the focus has really been on one of four players. I mean, we've really had a chance to study these four guys in depth. So instead, usually what I do is I watch a little bit of as many players as I can this year, because the jets have a top three pick and we know they're taking a quarterback and they don't have a second round pick. I've been able to study these guys more in depth, these quarterback prospects. I've watched as much of as much footage as I could get my eyes on. So I'll give you my thoughts on these guys. But again, these are just my thoughts and I could be wrong. And one of the things I think the draft process teaches you is you need to be humble because, as I said, everybody gets wrong. If, you've, if you're have if you overconfident in your own ability to evaluate guys, if you're totally confident, 100%, think one, a guy's going to be a bust or a failure, you either haven't done this for very long or you're wrong an awful lot and you don't realize it. So, you know, the, well, I'm not going to 
tell you that any player in this draft is a 100% guarantee of success. And I'm not going to break my TV if the Jets draft anybody tonight because I think anybody the Jets draft tonight will have some degree of upside. And I think so. I'll, I think that's selling it short, some degree of upside. Anybody the Jets draft tonight potentially has a lot of upside. So I'm not going to break my TV. Either of my t- I have two TVs. And I mean, I got to use one to watch the draft and one to watch hockey tonight. So that'd be a bad proposition either way. But. The point is, you've got to keep everything in perspective. You've got to keep it all in check tonight, uh, even if the Jets don't do what you want them to do. That's something I'll try and remember. I'll try and keep that in mind for our show tomorrow, if the Jets don't do what I want them to do. Now, I'm not going to talk about some of the second-tier guys, Lamar Jackson, who I really like, or Mason Rudolph, who I really do not like. And I'll tell you, I might break my TV rule if the Jets draft Mason Rudolph third overall, but I don't think that's going to happen. So we'll talk about our, our top four, and they, of course, are Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen, Josh Allen, and Baker Mayfield. And I'll start with Sam Darnold. And the question's been posed to me at many points in the last week or two because I think I've made it clear that my top two guys are Darnold Rosen. I, I like them both. And people have asked, would you take Darnold over Rosen? And... You know, I've had to think about it. I've had to kind of sit down and ponder my thoughts. And I think Rosen's more polished right now, but I probably would take Darnold because I do think Darnold has more upside than Rosen. And I think a lot that has to do with playmaking ability. It has a little to do with mobility. And we'll talk more about mobility later. But my journey with Darnold's been kind of interesting because really from the start of the year, he's the one guy who my opinion really hasn't changed on that much. And I've really liked him through the whole through the whole college football season, through this whole process. And I'll tell you, I hadn't watched a lot of him, like most of you. I hadn't seen a whole lot of him outside of the Rose Bowl before the 2017 season started. And of course, he played that great Rose Bowl against Penn State. And all the talk was suck for Sam. You know, he was the consensus guy who was going to go number one overall. Teams were, the Jets were tanking for Darnold. You saw at various points after the college football season started, after the NFL season started, guys wearing custom Jets jerseys with Darnold's name and number on them. And my first instinct was that the guy was probably a little bit overhyped, in all honesty, because I felt like people were basing that on one game, the Rose Bowl, and I still kind of feel like that's what they were doing at the time. So then as last summer kind of came to an end, I started watching some of Darnold's footage and I became cautiously optimistic about him. There there were some things that I liked. And then I watched him early in the season. I was was very impressed. I I will say that. And Darnold had a tremendous, Darnold quietly, I thought had a tremendous season. And the fact that people are viewing it as a disappointment just shows you how high expectations were for him last year. I mean, he walked in probably as as decorated, as hyped as any quarterback I can remember in terms of being a draft prospect since since Andrew Luck. Um, So I think, you know, the expectations were through the roof, probably unrealistic, and I thought Darnold was excellent. I thought he had a tremendous season. I mean, all things considered, I mean, that offensive line was not very good for long stretches. I mean, they had, they had a lot of issues up front protecting. And I think that's a good thing because I think I like to see what a guy can do when things aren't going so well. Like, because so much about the quarterback position in the, in the NFL is lifting the guys around you up, lifting up, covering your team's weaknesses. And there are just two things that really stick out to me about Darnold is uh, one, his ability to make to process 
complex things very quickly, you know, whether it's a coverage scheme, complex coverage, whether it's a blitz, whether it's reading, you know, that he's not going to have much time. And the second is playmaking ability, where when his offensive line crumbles, I mean, he can make plays, and not always. I mean, there were some game, there were just some games where he had no shot this year. I mean, that Cotton Bowl game against Ohio State was a joke, and he still made plays in that game. But, I mean, there were just games where he had, where, I mean, most plays he had no shot at doing anything. And uh, so those are the two things that I really like. I mean, I, there, if there are two things that I can have in a quarterback, it's one, the ability to make complex reads, and two, it's, the, it's not looking like a deer in headlights against the pass rush. Those are, the two, those are two things that I put as critically important. Now, what are the issues with Darnold? I think really they come down to mechanics for me. And, you know, a lot of people talk fumbles. A lot of people talk interceptions. I think that's overblown. I got to be honest with you. When it comes to fumbles, a lot of cases, there's a very simple mecha- there are very simple mechanical fixes you can make to help the guy protect the football a little bit better. And interceptions, yeah, I mean, he forced the ball too much sometimes. But, you know, you look at the interception rate of quarterbacks in college, and there's really not a whole lot of correlation between interception rate in college and interception rate in the pros. You had guys like Matt Ryan through high high rate of interceptions in college, you know, better in the pros. Geno Smith didn't throw many interceptions in college, turnover machine in the pros. There's just no correlation. And I'm, I'm only naming two examples, but there are more than two examples here. Um, there's just no correlation. And you have to remember that Darnold's a young guy. I mean, this is a guy who... And one thing I will say is that as quarterbacks get more experience, as they get more seasoned, they tend to do a better job. They tend to get fooled less. And I think you have to remember that Darnold is 20 years old right now. And I mean, I think what he does at 20 is pretty remarkable. The things, the concepts he can process at 20 years old, really, really impressive. Most 20-year-olds can't do that, can't do what he does. So it's important to remember he's still a young guy that'll come he'll be able to read defenses a little bit better maybe he'll start forcing things a little less as he with age and that's true of young quarterbacks who step into the league i mean there are guy, young guys who are really good who just need to learn a little bit so you know i, I think that a lot of the stuff turnover stuff is overblown the issues i have with darnell i think are mechanical i think he's got the long wind up you know and uh, offense where if you're going to try and have a rhythm passing game which Maybe the Jets, will, we don't know exactly what the Jets are going to do on offense this year. If you want a quick rhythm passing game, then yeah, you don't want that wasted motion. You want you don't want delays getting it out. You don't want a long wind up. Again, I think that's pretty fixable. Second issue with Darnold, footwork, which can be spotty um, against pressure. Part of me feels like, though, he was just under pressure so much that maybe he had more opportunities for his footwork to go to heck than uh, your typical guy. Maybe you just saw it more because he, he was under pressure so much. His offensive line was so bad. So maybe, you know, maybe there's a little element of that. Because we saw him make – he can make plays against pressure. He's not a deer in headlights against pressure. So, um, But th- I think those are the two issues. Feed I worry a little bit more about. But I still – again, I still saw Darnold make enough plays against pressure that I, I'm buying him. So I think he's an excellent prospect. I, I'm doing backflips if, if the Jets get Sam Darnold tonight. Uh, I'm doing uh, – and I know I shouldn't get too excited, but I think he, it would be tremendous if the Jets got him. Now there are you know, all kinds of rumors going on that maybe Cleveland's not taking Darnold. So we'll see what happens on that front. Th- those are my thoughts on Sam Darnold. Now let's move on to Josh Rosen. And before we get into the nitty-gritty of what Rosen does, there's something I'd like to talk about. And Can we stop this silliness that the Jets aren't going to draft Rosen because of his politics? And if it's, still, if it's not silliness, then please provide some evidence. Like, um, Rosen, apparently famous, there are two things that keep going on about going being told about Rosen is that one, he had a hot tub. 
and two, he wore some hat of, that was derogatory towards Trump. And because Woody Johnson works in the Trump administration, he's the ambassador to the UK. People are saying, well, now he, the Jets won't draft. Oh, can you provide some evidence if you're going to say that? Because essentially what you're saying is the Jets are idiots because you'd have to be an idiot to not pick a quarterback. Jets are a multi-billion dollar asset. And you'd have to be an idiot to not pick a guy you think is great at the most important position on the field, base your decision on the most important position on the field for your multi-billion dollar asset because he doesn't agree with your political views. I mean, do you think everybody in that Jets locker room agrees with Woody Johnson? And I'm not, I'm not going to talk about politics. I'm not going to get into, you know, who's right, who's wrong about stuff. But uh, when it comes to politics, but do you think everybody in that locker room agrees with Woody Johnson? And, uh, you know, people, people, I've heard people respond saying something like, uh, well, they're, they're not vocal about it. I'm like, well, so what if they were? So say the Jets draft Baker Mayfield or Darnold or Allen or somebody else, and they announce that they disagree with Woody Johnson's politics. You think the Jets are going to cut that guy? So listen, if if it's true, I'd like to see some evidence. But let's not just say because A exists and B exists, C is definitely true, that just because Rosen and Johnson don't see eye to eye, that's the reason. Can you provide some evidence? If you're going to make a claim like that, why don't you put up some evidence? And if that's true, we'll find out about it because jobs are. This is a career-defining moment for a lot of people in this front office, and the Jets are stupid enough to, um, you know, let non-football factors like that enter into their decision. You can bet it'll leak to the media, so we'll find that out. And we haven't heard a peep about that so far. So, can we stop trying to like just make these proclamations with no evidence? So anyway, that's. Can we? I just had to get that off my chest. That was driving me crazy. You know, you're going to make a statement like that. Actually have something to back it up. Don't just say it. for the, You don't know that. If you do know it, then give us some evidence, okay? Anyway, end of rant. Um, it's just, I, I hate it when people just make these proclamations without, and I, maybe I do it, but uh, I just hate it when you hear these proclamations and people just have nothing to back it up. They just decide on their own that this is the fact because I say it is. But um, when it comes to Rosen on the field, and again, I, the hot tub thing, I, what the heck are we doing here when we're talking about this or talking about the, how the guy has other interests off the field? I mean, what do, what does this have to do with anything? Um, when I think when it comes to on the field, Rosen's as polished of a prospect as I've seen in a while. I think just the concepts he understands, some of the plays he makes under pressure. And again, this was not a, this was not a guy who came from a team with a good offensive line. So this was a team that had a very shaky offensive did really did not have a good supporting cast at all. And I don't really know what else I could say about Rosen beyond the fact, beyond this, that I think he's a tremendous prospect. I think he's a tremendous, uh, makes tremendous, you know, very complex reads within the pocket, mechanically very sound. I don't think there are any issues with his mechanics. I don't think he has quite the upside of Darnold because I don't think he has the mobility of a Darnold. But, you know, look, if my choice is guy who reads defenses really well with mobility and guy who reads defenses really well without mobility, I'll take guy with mobility. If my choice is guy who reads defenses really well without mobility and guy who's not a good thrower but has mobility, I'm taking guy who reads defenses well without mobility every single time because quarterback, in its essence, is a passing position. It's a pocket position. It's a position about smarts. And I think Rosen has all those things in the pocket. And, yeah, look, mobility is nice to have, but it's an accessory. It's not an essential. I mean, how mobile is Tom Brady? If you can if you can tread a defense from within the pocket, it doesn't matter how mobile. And Rosen's, you need to be functionally mobile. You need to be able to slide in the pocket. You know, you need to be. You can't. And Rosen can do all those things. So I think Rosen again is a great, a really good prospect. I, I really like him. I think he, um, 
you know, I think I think the odds are very good that he's going to be an excellent NFL player just based on the sophistication he has playing within the pocket. I, I think that this would I think if the Jets take him, it would be a tremendous pick again. I think Rosen or Darnold, if some by some chance they're both on the board when the Jets pick, I don't think you can go wrong taking either guy. I think both guys would be both guys stand a chance to be excellent pros. You can never say never. I mean, you know, there's some concerns about durability with Rosen, but it's really tough to find many flaws in, in Rosen's game. And you know what's funny is you do really do have to watch these guys multiple times because as I mentioned, Darnold's the one guy who I really liked from wire to wire. Rosen, I wasn't crazy on at the start of the year because I thought he was taking too many chances. I was trying to, you know, I thought he was making too many mistakes. And then I watched him a sec, some of his games a second, third time, and then I really understood what he was doing. And I actually saw that, you know what? He was making the right read almost every time. You know, and I really understood. You know, sometimes you have to sit back a second, third time and really watch it through the quarterback's eyes, see what he sees. And when I did that, I was kind of, I was really impressed by what I saw from Josh Rosen. So I think he's a... I think he's a guy who has a tremendous shot to be a franchise quarterback in this league, and if he's a Jet by this time tomorrow, I think Jets fans should be very happy. Now, what's interesting about this class is it seems among this Jets fan base, and I'm generalizing here, everybody's got different opinions, but it almost seems that to a wide percentage of this fan base, they're happy with three guys, Rosen, Darnold, and the third guy is kind of up in the air. For some people, it's Baker Mayfield. For some people, it's Josh Allen. And it's interesting because the people who love Mayfield, who... I think there are many more people who love Mayfield in this fan base than Allen. They tend to hate Allen. The people who love Allen seem to hate Mayfield. And I'm kind of in between because I can't really say I'd be that excited about either guy. I think both they both have some I think they both have upside. I think you know it wouldn't shock me if either guy was a really good pro quarterback, but to me this is a draft where I see two really great prospects and two guys who I think have upside but who I'm not sure are as great and I guess I'll start yeah I could flip a coin I guess I'll start with Allen um when it comes to Allen if you watch him I mean his team was the supporting cast was horrendous I mean he was constantly under pressure his receiving course stunk never got separation couldn't come up with passes and you know one of the things I keep seeing is that these stats that are keep being thrown around that try and disprove that Allen had a bad supporting cast like see this one that, about how Allen didn't suffer from many drops okay well fine he didn't suffer from many drops but you also have to but that the stats don't tell everything I mean what about how many plays did Allen have where his offensive line disintegrated he somehow escaped pressure no receiver had separation he threw a ball to a covered receiver, hit him in the hands, and the receiver had the ball ripped away from him, outfought by a corner. It's just, I mean, that was unbelievable how many times I saw out. And that it goes into, you know, completion percentage under pressure in college football can be maybe not the best measure because there are different types of pressure you face. There's pressure where you have an outlet receiver open. There's pressure where your interior offensive line it's disintegrates right off the snap. And nobody's open, and you have to. So you know, you have to factor these things in. Stats are great, but stats don't tell the whole story in uh, college football. So I think Allen's probably better than his biggest detractors would suggest. I think he was a guy who really had to carry the load for that Wyoming team. That Wyoming team was awful. All you have to do is watch footage of them. They were terrible, and I think there were many instances where he tried to carry the load. I've seen people talk about his decision-making as suspect. I'm not sure I necessarily agree with that um, because 
a lot of mistakes. I've seen a lot of his plays analyzed the same way on numerous websites, numerous videos. And I've come away disagreeing with a lot of the analysis on certain plays. There was one interception he threw against Boise State where he airmailed a seam pass and people killed him for his decision making on that one. There was one against Utah State early in the game where he was flushed from the pocket and it looked like he was trying to throw it away and it was intercepted. And again, people got into his decision making. I, I think there was a lot of analysis on some of these plays that I disagreed with. I think what it came down to was that Allen, if you listen, if you read some of his comments about talking about his season, it almost like Allen felt that like he had to carry his team on his back because he really did. And I think a lot of his mistakes were based on him just trying to do too much, kind of trying to play hero ball. You know, the one against Boise State, his offensive line melted down in the middle of the play. He froze a guy at the second level with a pump fake, air melted because a guy because he was about to be hit, he couldn't step into the throw. The Utah State one, he wasn't trying to throw the ball away. He actually saw an open receiver and tried to force one in there. So I think he was trying to play. I don't think he necessarily was fooled. I think he was trying to play hero ball a little too much. Um, you know, he's a guy who's highlight real spectacular. I mean, he looks like Aaron. I, he really does look like Aaron Rodgers on some of his highlights. Um, so I think Allen's bet. I don't think Allen's this total catastrophe that people are making him out to be. I've heard he's Hackenberg, too. And I don't agree with that. I think he, what Allen is, is Allen is what people tried to, claim Hackenberg was where you have you have quarterbacking tools you see you see the upside you see some spectacular plays on film and a guy who if he hits he is going to be a superstar quarterback but there are problems here and the biggest problem is um biggest problem far and away is accuracy and it go it goes to his footwork and his footwork is just ugly and it's I'll tell you I was not as down on Allen a few weeks ago as I am now because his footwork is really shaky. And what's I've said this before. What scares me about Allen is his footwork is responsible for a lot of really, really inaccurate throws. And he can't just trace it back to one thing. You know, it's one thing if he's got too wide of a base on all of his plays. Because then you can drill that. You can work on that. You can work, focus on that. But, I mean, sometimes it's too wide of a base. Sometimes he's not stepping into his throws. Sometimes he's resetting his feet poorly and pointing his feet away from his target. I mean, it's just constantly something something new is going wrong with him. And that's not easy to fix. That's really, Look, Allen's got upside. But, man, you're using the third overall pick on a guy with a, this kind of project. And he misses so many easy throws. I mean, there's just... Throws there should be shooting fish in a barrel where it's just the, the there's no coverage in the area on a receiver and he misses it why right in front of him I mean geez and then and look the NFL is tough enough it's tough enough to beat defenses when the defense is doing it right if the defense is handing you a completion you got to hit it because you don't hit those I mean I don't know what you're getting in this league so I Allen's a big project I'll tell you that's too rich for my blood I got to be honest with you they take him at three. I'll understand why, but it's too rich. He, there are too many issues with his accuracy for me to want to take him at three. And I'm, I'm past the point. I've heard a lot of people say you can't take a project this big at three. And I understand what you're saying. But, you know, look, if you hit on it, it's great. It's going to be great. So I can't say you're, you're totally wrong if you're the Jets and you take him at three because it ultimately comes down to how good the player is. It's not, you know, it's not necessarily a case where you can never take a project at three, but I'll say Allen's too, way too risky for my blood. If I was a betting man, I would not take him at three, maybe later on. And the other issue, I'll tell you, the other thing Allen ha- does that kind of popped out, of, I haven't read this anywhere, he has this really weird tendency to just throw lolly, to throw lollipop, you know, balls that he's got to drill, and he's got a huge arm where he's just got to throw it on a rope, 
he has this weird policy, he has this weird tendency to just kind of lob some of those throws, and I don't understand it. I mean, he just puts the wrong touch on a lot of the throws. I find it very puzzling, and that's the kind of thing, I don't know whether you can fix that, because that's really something that's going on, you know, as guys are bearing down. I don't know how fixable that is, so lots of weird stuff with that. Big upside, but lots of uh, warning signs there, so we'll see what happens. I think Allen's going early tonight, but I, I have questions about him, and we'll end with Baker Mayfield, another guy who I'm probably not as high on as a lot of people, and I've talked about this. And with Mayfield, it's just I don't really know what to make of him because his offense was so good in college. I mean, it was such a great scheme that, I mean, he wasn't really asked to do a whole lot of stuff he's going to have to do in the NFL. He wasn't asked to carry the load to the same degree he will be in the NFL. And, I mean, the other issue with Mayfield is, I mean, this analysis is just so silly. I, you, it's, like, bigger than Rosen in the hot tub and the, the hat and the other... I mean, the Mayfield, you got people who love him, who, you know, telling me that, oh, he walked on in college, and, uh, yeah, that's great, but being a college walk-on doesn't mean you're going to have success in the NFL. Or, you know, he's uh, he's got so much swagger, or, he, you know, he planted the flag, and oh, who cares, you know? And then on the other end, you got stuff like the... The, the crotch-grabbing incident, does that mean you can't be a pro? Like, I, I think the analysis of this guy, there's so so much analysis of this guy off the field that, I mean, I don't know how to judge that stuff. All I can really judge him is what he does on the field. And even then, it's tough to judge him because, I mean, he wasn't asked to make a lot of very difficult reads in the NFL-type read. And again, I, I see these stats that say NFL-type throws, and I don't know what they're talking about because... I'm looking at the throws he's making and the throws he has to make and he's going to be asked to make in the NFL. And I'll tell you, I'd love to know the definition of some of these people that have NFL throws because it's not the same definition I have of a lot of them. And it was very pro- prolific, but you know, I think he has issues with ball placement. I think that there are many instances where either the scheme or his receiver got separation. He didn't have to play with pinpoint accuracy. Sometimes completion percentage can be a little off the mark. So I, you know, I wonder about the complexity of his offense. I wonder about there's some extent to one to some extent I wonder about his accuracy I also feel like you know he doesn't see windows very well and I don't know whether it's his height I don't know whether he just doesn't recognize certain things he's going to have to learn them but there are open receivers where he just stares them down he doesn't let it rip and that's what you got to do in the NFL and you know in college you can stare down a receiver because there's a chance the defense may blow its coverage and that happened plenty with Oklahoma I don't know that you can do that in the end. I don't know that he's going to get away with some of the things he did in college. And, you know, the last thing I'd say is I go back to the Rose Bowl, the game against Georgia, where a second half, really the only time I saw somebody lay a finger on him all year. And again, do you look like a deer in headlights when you're under pressure? And he did. And the second he started getting hit, man, the ball started, he started spraying that ball all over, all over the place. That's a little scary. Now, on the plus side, I mean, look, you can't argue with the production. Incredibly prolific player, uh, Heisman Trophy winner. And there were games, I'll tell you, there were three games where I felt like he had to do NFL things. Now, only three, but there were three games where I thought he really had success. Now, one was against Texas Tech, which was not, you know, the greatest team in the world. But two against TCU, which usually has a very good defense. And they have a complex defense. And I'll tell you, he looked like he knew exactly what those defenses were doing in those, those games. So you saw a little slice of it. And those are the games that give me hope for him. Those are games that make me feel like he could have some upside. And then the Georgia game was a bad one. Georgia game was shaky. That game scared me. So, I mean, those were the game. And that was the Georgia game was really the one point all year where I felt like it was on him, where he had to separate. He had to elevate his team. I'm not sure he, he didn't do it. I'm not, it's not that I'm not sure he didn't do it. But it's only one game. So 
with Mayfield, I guess my question is, you see, I mean, there are things that make me question what the upside is. There are things that question make me question how ready he'll be. But again, you can't argue with the production. And there were flashes you saw that you could do it. So I'm not going nuts if they pick him, but I'm not thrilled. I'm, and I'm skeptical if, if, if Darnold Rosen's on the board, either guy, and they pick Mayfield, I'm a little skeptical, but I'm not going to go crazy, but... Yeah, I am a little skeptical. You know, somebody asked me, I was asked on a sh- another show uh, this week, if it comes down to Allen or Mayfield, who do you take? And I'm not thrilled. Uh, you know, I think that that's one that makes me question the move to trade up if you don't end up with Darnold Rosen. Um, I, you know, I went back and forth. I've been going back and forth for weeks. I think I'd probably go Mayfield. But I, I can't, you know, just because, I mean, Allen's floor is so low, and the odds of him hitting that floor are higher than Mayfield hitting his floor. But I'll tell you, I think both Allen and Mayfield have more awards than I would love, than I would think is ideal at three overall. Now, again, I'll understand that the Jets pick him, but I'm a little more skeptical if the Jets pick either Allen or Mayfield. That'll do it for our show today. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. If you enjoy the show, subscribe. iTunes and Spotify are your two best options. And if you really enjoy the show, leave it a good review in iTunes. If you'd like to hear some more analysis from me on the NFL Draft, I've actually been a guest on a couple of podcasts, and I'll be posting the uh, links on gangreennation.com today. Um, you may remember our friend Dave T. Thomas, who was on our show Monday. Uh, he he show, he came on this podcast on Monday, so I returned the favor. I went on his podcast called the Scouts Honor Podcast. And I also appeared as a guest on the Jay Reels uh, podcast talking about the Jets and the NFL draft on both. So I'll post information on how you can listen on gangreennation.com today on Thursday if you're interested in hearing more of my takes on the NFL draft. I wish you a great day. Enjoy tonight's draft. And next time we talk, the Jets will have a new quarterback.